your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Thomas Welch. Hi, I'm the L girl, Lisa K55. Yeah, we got Leah back with us today. It's Friday, so we're going to do Leah's L of the Week. We're going to be breaking down the Blues game, 4-2 loss against the Colorado Avalanche. Got another game coming up on Saturday. We don't do episodes on Saturday, so we're going to preview that, as well as getting into some a uh, little bit of alcohol talk, maybe, a little bit of locked on booze, uh, because it's getting to be that time of year where uh, stuff starts looking grim, so I feel like it could help everybody talk about that. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talked about sports. And we did do a Locker Room last night if you hopped in. It was two hours long. It was a lot of fun. Had Jack in there for a little bit. Had Jason in there for a little bit. Had Leah in there for a little bit. Uh, and we were talking about a lot of things, but I think the main thing that we talked about was this Blues team lack of physicality. And I feel like that's been a consistent theme uh, over the course of this season, especially on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, when you put Marco Scandella and Colton Pareko on the same pairing, it obviously helps it a little bit, but then it creates holes in other areas of the ice. Well, a large part of that was the reason why the Blues had so many penalties is because uh, the Colorado is a very fast team, and if you can't keep up with them, uh, you're going to have to hold. You're going to have to make some plays that cause trips, all those things. So uh, I think at the end of the day, the Blues couldn't match Colorado's speed, and they didn't get to dictate the pace of the game with their physicality because they lack that size that we've talked about so many times. Uh, so at the end of the day, 4-2 to victory for Colorado is what you end up with. But I thought Jordan Bennington played a heck of a game, uh, all things considered. Obviously, the save percentage doesn't doesn't mirror that, but he got hung out to dry on a lot of those goals. And you can kind of tell at times when he's getting frustrated and maybe, I don't I want to say not trying as hard, but at some point you're just like, oh, like, here we go again. Like, this one's going to go into right on the doorstep because happens time and time again so that's a lot of what I saw what did you see Leah it was just not great I mean the avalanche clearly wore the better team last night the thing that the blues can do is they held their top six off the board five on five so that's something to really think about but they still couldn't win so obviously there's a lot of things to look at this blues team and the whole 27 shots blocked last night is unacceptable. That's all you can say. Especially with Devin exactly. Dubnik in goal. Like, uh, we talked about it, I think, before the game, but he's consistently been like a, a thorn in the blue side in terms of his play. It just seems like he turns into a world beater every time we go up against him. So Philip Grubauer is supposed to be made available for next game. He's off the COVID list. Uh, but honestly, Lee and I were talking about it before the podcast, but we neither one of us would be surprised if they go back to Dubnik uh, just to give Grubauer some more rest, obviously coming off the COVID list. I mean, uh, even if he tested negative and didn't have any symptoms or anything, like it'll be nice to get a rest after going through all that stuff. But uh, if they can beat us with Dubnik, with, yep, which he, they've proven over the last us. two games against us, <laughs> yeah, he owns us. So why would you not go back to him? It doesn't. I mean, it would make a lot of sense in my mind. But uh, for the Blues, a lot of things need to change. One of them being uh, you got to show up in the second period. And I get like, uh, the excuse, I guess, after the game or like the reason that they said they couldn't find momentum or flow or whatever was there were so many penalties going on that it was hard to create momentum and create that flow. Uh, and guys that weren't on the penalty kill would hop back on the ice and kind of 
like I said, like lose the flow of the game opposed to the guys that were on the ice. And then that creates contradiction between the two guys. Like well, some of the guys are on, some of the guys are off, and then it takes them a little bit to uh, get back into it, flip-flop, whatever it may be. But you got to play 60 minutes, especially against – I mean, we've been talking about it all season. you got to play 60 minutes. you got to play 60 minutes. But especially against a team like the Colorado Avalanche, and especially last night when it felt like – I mean, we talked about it on the pod, but it felt like, it really felt like the stars were aligning – um, for this Blues team to really take advantage of a situation where uh, they had to resort to their backup goalie and they didn't have Rantanen in, who it still sounds like they won't have Rantanen in. So this could still be another opportunity for the Blues to take care of business and take care of an opportunity that's kind of fallen in their lap, especially with the Arizona Coyotes losing as many games as they've had. I think one in their last, they've won one game in their last seven or eight or something like that, and it was against the St. Louis Blues, so just a lot of things to feel negative about, but one of the positive things that I saw in the last game, uh, and really in the first period, but I felt like over the course of the game, uh, Jordan Cairo was playing a lot more like his former self at the beginning of the season. What do you think about that? I agree. It's things you love to see, because he, I don't even know how long that stretch was where he didn't have any goals. I have him on my fantasy team. I was like, bro, please, I need you. But, I mean, he really did. He was generating some plays. He was looking really good. He was hitting the net. We need him to start doing that. We need him to start generating those chances. And he really looks like he's, like, playing his best when he's utilizing yep. that speed, yep. right? Because that's been, that's been one of the things that's been written about him for the longest time as a prospect is, like, he's one of the best, most elite skaters you'll come across in terms of an NHL talent. So when he's using that and he's far above and beyond like the rest of the league in terms of that ability. Uh, I think that's when he really stands out in his game, and I think he did that against the Colorado Avalanche. But I, I don't know. I, I still, I'm not sold on this team. It doesn't feel like, I mean, obviously going, coming off a loss to the Colorado Avalanche, like it's going to be debilitating. But at the end of the day, like you, got, you just have to win games. And I think they talked about it after the game. It was Tyler Bozak or something who, by the way, was only the only player uh, for the St. Louis Blues to have a positive plus minus on the night. But he was basically saying, like, just all these games are important. you got to win games at this point. But especially with, like I said, Arizona dropping as many as they've had. Um, and it feels like all the teams in the West are basically just saying, like, I don't want the four spot. You take it. No, you take it. And the Blues are kind of doing the same thing. And I, I think a lot of analysts at the beginning of the year and even now, and even at the trade deadline, were like, if this Blues team gets into that four spot, uh, they could potentially like turn it around and make a run that a lot of people wouldn't be expecting, but uh, unfortunately, it, that does not seem like the case right now. But yeah, with the I whole they, the whole back wrong. and forth, because one second we're like, oh, we're back, we're gonna do it, we could do it, and then they come out the next period. What's going on? I feel like we're watching two, three different teams every night, every period. Exactly. So it doesn't make any sense. So they look like a contender, and then they look like a bottom feeder. They look like a contender, then they look like a bottom feeder. So it's we never know if we should be hopeful or just want to go for the draft lottery at this point. A lot of Blues fans sitting on pins and needles right now and causing a lot of anxiety. But just to cause you a little bit more anxiety, uh, we're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors to talk about Leah's L of the Week will still be coming up. We're going to talk about a little bit of alcohol, and we're going to preview Saturday's game against Colorado Avalanche, what the Blues can do to turn it around uh, and hopefully turn the season around and turn it into a playoff berth. Don't go anywhere.
All right, Leah. So, okay, first of all, we need to get this out of the way. The game on Saturday is at 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Yeah. Is that yep. right? Yep. That's kind of a nightmare. I don't know the last time. Well, I think it, there was a day game earlier on in the season. I forget who we played against, but it was just weird. I've I've always, like, I, you always get into, like, a little, like, routine or whatever. So I'll kind of, like, I'm, like, a college or whatever. So I'll, like, lay in bed and then throw up my laptop because... Like, everyone's watching them on streams now. Just is what it is. And then lay in bed and get, like, a snack or something and then eat it. And then watch the game kind of, like, sideways unless... And as, as for as long as possible until I, like, jump out of my bed or, like, sit on the edge of my seat screaming at the, at the laptop. <laughs> but it, it, that's always kind of been the routine and it's always been dark outside. So I can't really do that with a 2 p.m., like, start time. It just feels Yeah, give weird. the, give the NHL an vibe. O for that one. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have the same vibe. Do you have, like, a routine like that or is it just, like, and how does that affect, like, a 2, a 2 p.m. start time? When there's a game day, I like to prepare... Because I, I do my graphics, so I like to That's get right, up in the yeah. morning, post the game day, work on more graphics maybe, prepare myself to watch the team. And now I have to get up and be like, oh, God, I have to watch them now. And it's still bright outside and mm. then live the rest of the day probably in pain because <laughs> this team drives me to madness. So, yeah, I don't I don't like That's a good thing, too, though, is like I feel like a 2 p.m. start start time like – when it's usually like 7 or like 8 p.m., like I spend all day like thinking about the game and get like psyched out for it. I'm like, God, like I, I to some degree, like I really don't want to watch this game because I just know like Blues are going to come out flat footed <laughs> and like they're going to suck and I'm going to be pissed all over again. But then I'm like, also like I give myself hope and then like that whole like balancing act goes on throughout the entire day. But I feel like at 2 p.m. start start time, maybe you don't have that time to like psych yourself out and be like. Maybe just enjoy the hockey more a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and those later games, you could just go back to bed if they <laughs> That's <suck>. true. <laughs> and these day games, it's the game ends at what? Like, what time would it end? Like, 5 or 6 or something? Yeah, and then, probably around there. I mean, I'll go to bed if it's that bad. <laughs> just, just take a fat just nap. Just take a yeah. fat nap at 6 p.m., yeah. So, speaking of fat naps, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to give your L of the week to anyone or anything uh, or anyone in particular... Uh, in the world of hockey or outside the world of hockey for this locked on for the purposes of this locked on blues podcast leah who gets the l of the week for this week there's so many choices i don't i don't want to call out any specific player i think anybody who knows me knows who it is i don't want to say it i'm not going to say it okay so i'm just (laughs) i'm just gonna give the l to the entire st louis blues roster because they have to get it together they say yeah these games are important we have to win these games. We have to make our mark. We have to get these points. We have to do blah, 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 blah. They keep saying the same thing and same thing. And then they turn around and come out for the game, turn the puck over, sit in the box, act like they're clueless. So you you get a big L on the forehead from me for that. I think that's fair, too. And I think talking like after the game and being like, yeah, we have to win these games and like essentially like you don't really have to win every game. Like every game is not important, but there are games that stick out in this little stretch right here where Arizona is just exactly, especially that game against Arizona. That was an easy, that was, that was one that was literally handed to them on a silver platter and they blew it. That, that was the one I was thinking of. And then another one was probably honest, probably uh, the last game against Colorado avalanche, because it was like the blues had some time off. um, And, I, I mean, obviously, they don't say that they do 
watch the standings or whatever, but they know like what's going on and like how Arizona is playing. I think what was it Jim Thomas or either Jim Thomas or Jeremy Rutherford asked about it in the press conference too. Is like, I mean, do, does it suck a little bit more knowing that Arizona is losing all these games and you guys can't gain any ground and it should suck more. Yep. But that's one of the things that I think was so big about last game was that Arizona had been losing all of these games. The Blues had had some time off and then Grubauer was out on the COVID list and Rantanen's out. And those are huge. Like we talked about it on the pod before, but those are two massive parts of this Colorado Avalanche team. And like, you can say they're deep. You can say they've got all the studs in the world because they absolutely do. But at the end of the day, they're not as good of a team without Rantanen and without Grubauer. That's just a Mm -hmm. fact. And the Blues didn't take advantage of that. And they didn't take advantage of any of the games really yet that the Arizona Coyotes have lost. And they even lost to them directly. So I think it's definitely fair, unbiased fair, to pick the Blues for that. Yeah, and I mean, if they keep slacking off, the San Jose Sharks are going to catch up to us. We have we have 44 points right now. San Jose has 41. We, they got to pick up the pace or they're just going to keep going lower and lower and lower. I think we talked about it in the locker room, but almost like to some degree. I think you're, you said your dad was talking about it too, but like to some degree, you almost don't want the Blues to make the just playoffs. Just to get rocked in the first round (laughs) exactly because I know like we definitely talked about this in the locker room because I know for a fact like if the Blues play the hockey that I know that they're capable of playing and that this roster is capable of playing that they can hang with the Colorado Avalanche the problem is I have zero faith that they will do that in any games because we see it they do it they come out in the first period we're like oh my god they can actually do this and then the second period comes around we're like yep Momentum's gone. Good night. I mean, I mean, they beat they beat Vegas. That's this what I'm, year, yeah, which I that's what I'm think saying. They were capable of, and we looked good. So we did. We looked really good for three whole yeah, periods too. For the first time, I mean, <laughs> you never see that. It's like the stars aligning for one game, and then they fall from the sky. Yeah. Speaking of stars, I hate to bring up a sore subject <laughs> here, but Tori Krug <laughs> having I think we talked we've talked about it before, but probably one of his worst seasons, if not the worst season. Of his career, in I'm, terms of I'm point trying production. to save him with my manifestations, but it's not. Working. I know, I know you are. It's not. It's just not. Nothing is, is nothing working, is working for this team right now, so it's not your fault at all. <laughs> but I mean, I, and Craig Ruby's been talking about like guys that are getting paid like big salaries, like have to step up. And I think obviously you don't want to go after like the new guy and like say like it's a transition year and like trying to like get accustomed to St. Louis and all of those things that we said, like with Justin Falk. And I mean, Justin Falk's turned out fine. He's had, he's had a great year this season, but when you bring a guy in like Tory Krug, especially under the pretense of losing Alex Petrangelo, uh, because I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like when I heard that Tory Krug was signed, I screamed because it basically meant that Petra was not coming back. So I feel like even though it wasn't really like a one-for-one trade or anything like that, I always kind of like linked those two in my mind. Yeah. Um, so seeing Tory Krug just struggled this season as a whole in terms of like clearing the crease or however he's utilized. And I think we talked about this on the pod too. Like you got to pair him with a physical defensive beast. Otherwise, like, uh, I mean, people are just going to like basically, basically muscle him up uh, and do what they want with him in the defensive zone. But he does produce in the offensive zone. Uh, I think we just got to give him time, but something's got to give with this team. I think Tory Krug has more in the tank than he's been showing, especially on the power play. I would love to see him shoot the puck more on one-timers because that was one of his staples with Boston. 
uh, and they're missing that big time right now. Probably one of the reasons they went out and got Taylor Hall. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all that goes down. Uh, but I'll tell you what is going down soon after this podcast, because I'm starving, is Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now the improved Built Bar is even more delicious, sir. With 18 amazing flavors and six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are healthy. And they're great for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. Now, Leah, I don't know if you've heard about the peanut butter Built Bar, but they have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Mm, sounds kind of tasty. It's fantastic. <laughs> if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, when we come back, we're going to round out this episode uh, maybe talk a little bit about alcohol, some locked on booze uh, for all you people that are just sold that this team's not going to make the playoffs because right now it's not looking too good. But we're also just going to end it on a high note, so don't go anywhere. All right, Leah. So before we get into the locked on booze conversation, I do want to give you a chance to give your give your thoughts on the whole Tory Krug situation because. It's kind of a kind of a mess, and I know you're you're passionate about Tory Crooks. <laughs> oh, I, I love him so much. Used to hate him. Funny story, uh, <laughs> but I feel like it's the same kind of situation that we as Blues fans dealt with Justin Falk his first year here, knowing that I mean he just had to mesh with the team a little, get used to it, get the feel for a whole different environment. I just feel like it, I have the same feeling about Tory Krug like I did with Justin Falk. Like, this isn't the guy that we acquired. You know mm. what I mean? And, like, we can see Tory Krug's, like, his style of play, his all of that, but it's just not to the extent that we need him to be right now. And I feel like we play him too much. It almost feels like, I get what you're saying. Like, it almost feels like the Blues acquired him to be like a top defenseman that's capable of like top pairing when defense, he's not yeah, top really pairing minutes when really he's almost yeah. better utilized as like a complimentary piece, but one of the best in the league at doing exactly. That. Like, yeah, and we yeah. need to find that complimentary piece for him. And right. I feel for a while, wasn't he paired up with Pareko for a while too? I think like, yeah, I think they were, I, they were a good match. I think so too. I think the problem with that and the reason that Baruby went away from it was that Pareko was hurt. So like, obviously that True. wasn't working. Yeah. And I don't think that was either of their fault. Like, it just wasn't working because, like, Pareko was hurt and Crew couldn't pick up the slack when he needed to, which sucks. But, like, that's that's a, whole, that's a tall task for anybody to pick up Colton Pareko's slack. But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, that might be a pairing that you need to go back to and take a look at. Because it, in, in, like, a logical mindset point of view, that makes a lot of sense to have, like, your biggest defenseman on the same line as, like, essentially your smallest defenseman but one of the most skilled, one of the most offensive-minded alongside a guy that's very good in his own zone. Uh, maybe not the best at corralling shots on net with his slap shot, but he's very good as a long reach, good stick, uh, and can clear the crease when you need him to. I think that makes a lot of sense. I agree. And honestly, at this point, you've got to try whatever works. I mean, today they were even 
they had no set lines at practice this morning. So they got to throw whatever into the pot and just go with it at this point. And it feels like Craig Bruby is definitely doing I mean, yeah. anytime you see like Tarasenko and Schwartz and Chen and those guys like spending time on the third line, like I feel like he's trying yeah. every possible combination uh, he can throw out there. But like we said earlier on in the episode, Blues play Saturday at 2 p.m. Kind of a weird one, uh, but we'll be covering it on Twitter. So follow Leah on Twitter at, at LeahCK55. If you don't already, you can follow me at 12 to 15. Um, we're going to give our locked on players of the game for Saturday. Uh, it can be on either team. Who do you think is going to get the first star of the game? Uh, I think for me, I said Colton Pareko last game. So I think I should go like with someone on the offensive side, especially because I mean, if you're, if you're going to win against Grubauer, it's definitely going to take an offensive effort. And so, man, I, I would like to pick Jordan Cairo just because last game looked very promising to me, but I think. I'm going to play it safe here and go Ryan O'Reilly because just the way that he talked after the last game and like the press conference and like, uh, obviously like being a captain, like you almost come up with those like cookie cutter answers all the time. And he, he's definitely, I feel like he falls into that, uh, a little bit more so than he was when he wasn't captain. But at the same time, I feel like the media, uh, for St. Louis, Jim Thomas, Tom Timmerman, uh, Jeremy Rutherford, all of those guys. I uh, I think last press conference is specifically uh, with Ryan O'Reilly, but with the other guys too, it felt like they asked a lot more uh, harsh questions than they normally do. And that's not to say that the questions themselves were harsh because um, they have every right to ask those questions. I feel like that's a lot of the things that are going through Blues, Blues fans' heads. But they usually stray away from being so direct, I think. And I think it maybe took Ryan O'Reilly like by surprise and he might realize... Uh, just how fed up Blues fans and maybe the media as a whole is with uh, the Blues shortcomings this season and he might take it into his own hands next game. So for that reason, I'm going to take the captain, Ryan O'Reilly, as player of the game and the first star for the St. Louis Blues on Saturday at 2 p.m. So Leah, if you had to pick a locked-on player of the game for next game, maybe manifest a goal for him, uh, maybe give an L to uh, one of the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche players, uh, who would you who would you pick? And why for your locked on player of the game? I'm picking Mike Hoffman. All, he's been on a roll lately. Why not keep it going? We need we need him to be that guy. Wanting him to be that guy. I'm manifesting Mike Hoffman goal on the power play or even strength. Either one. I really do think, especially after last game, was it like one for four on the power play? Could yeah. have definitely swung the game's momentum. You know, maybe maybe I should manifest a power play goal at this point. Then maybe you should. Let's do it. I Powerful. think that was definitely a focal point. There you go. Manifestation live on the pod. I think that was definitely a focal point of the Blues. Well, besides, obviously, not getting your shots blocked. Um, but I think that was definitely a focal point of the Blues, probably at practice, was fo- focusing on the power play and figuring something out for that entire ordeal. So kind of rounding out the episode, uh, we talked about it earlier, but we did promise a little bit of locked on booze for next game. So if you had to pick an alcoholic beverage, to place next to you next game as kind of a comfort bottle just in case shit starts to hit the fan and you, and you need something uh, going down your throat ASAP, what would you pick and why? There's so many, honestly. You know I know what, you're a right big now? seltzer gal. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Which flavor? White Claw just came out with pineapple mm-hmm. flavor. It's very good. Big, if you haven't tried gas. it, try that. I always go, I, I know you don't like beer, but I'm a big Bud Light dude. Uh- 
and for the STL, I feel like that would be my go-to would be beer but i did have i had bush uh for like one of the first times at your uncle's barbecue actually and that was pretty good yeah. i i didn't i didn't know how i felt about bush so i always just like straight away from it but i mean it basically tasted the same as bud light i mean it's beer so you can't really go wrong there but i also have a bottle of crown here and if i'm looking I into getting crown. like a two liter of coke that might be that might be something a little more my style of in terms of a comfort bottle because I mean Bud Light is good and like it's nice for the vibes and stuff but like if if you're talking about basically succumbing to the fact that your team is not making the playoffs when you expected them to <laughs> you might need a, something a little bit stronger than yeah 3%. you need some Crown Apple Crown yeah, Apple with Sprite amazing it's amazing yeah mix that with Sprite yeah I'm gonna mix it with Sprite and I'm, we're gonna mix in with you guys next time. But thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network. Uh, like I said before, you can catch us on Twitter, LeahCK55 and TWelcher15. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Blues. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.